So welcome back to Untangled Podcast, the podcast that takes the complex world of compliance and simplifies it. We are back for the season two. We're actually on a boat in the middle of London and we see face to face Stephanie, Alex, Jim and myself, Andre. And what we want to talk with you about today is a complex topic about how we measure compliance effectiveness. We've all built the program. We have all the elements in place but we need to understand whether it actually works, whether it actually makes sense, and whether it provides us with some form of an evolution. What I'm curious to get to know from you guys in this uh, session is what's your favorite or least favorite effectiveness metrics or KPI or however you want to call it. Well, Andre, let me kick off then. I'll, and I'm going to start with a, a bit of a least favorite. Um, and that really is... Um, using volume as a measure of effectiveness. So I think we've, we've probably all done it ourselves. We probably still all do it to some extent. But um, the idea that just because we're doing something and doing lots of something, that it indicates that it's working. So things like, you know, how many training sessions are you running or how many people are completing them? That's not a good indication of whether or not your training <laughs> is actually working. Um, so that would definitely, for me, be a, a least effective. And, and then, you know, from flipping from that would be, well, so how can we be effective in, in developing those measures? And then I'd be sort of thinking much more about, you know, qualitative assessments, feedback from the business, et cetera. And, and I'm sure I can share some more thoughts on that once we've heard from the others. I, I mean, I, I can be quite prosaic here and say I do like some of the volume ones, but more the ones that are indirect. Uh, so something as simple as how many people have accessed your portal on the internet, how many people have downloaded your uh, policies, procedures. Um, I, I like those because they're, they're indirect. Um, and it's, it's, I suppose, a lag indicator rather than a leading indicator. You know, it's, it's not... Uh, to your point, Stephanie, just how many people have attended a training session? It's then the effect of those um, interventions that you provide. I so think that's a sorry, Jim. I'm just going to say I think that's a fair point, though that it it does at least show, for example, an effect in that somebody is doing something. So if if you're measuring a behaviour because and you know, maybe as a result of your training somebody has accessed your policy or accessed a tool on your internet, I can see therefore that's much more closely aligned to a measure of effectiveness rather than to you know just measuring that something happened because you're you're measuring the behaviour of somebody in your business. Sorry, Jim, I interrupted you. No, no, no I think it's all, all really valid. Um, I, I think for me though effectiveness is quite a hard thing to measure i think we can all agree that and sometimes determining cause and effect or just simple correlation is is, is the point that we wrestle with so for me um i like to look at our program's maturity um especially when you're in the early stages of a new program or when you're you're enhancing a program is to look at where we are now and where do we want to get to um and you can do that across the pillars you can do that in specific areas but assessing how mature your program is is a is a good way to to show progress um and, and to be able to demonstrate that there is going to be this evolution and when we look at maturity that's not simply saying have we done something i think that's just the starting point the next thing is have we done it well so is it working and then from there we can say and how can we improve that and ultimately is it optimal is this is there any way we can improve this and if not then what are we going to do next to manage risk that 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 specific thing talks about so for me, I, I tend to shy away a little bit from pure effectiveness and then look more at the maturity level and within that set KPIs. 
And in terms of then effectiveness measurement as a feature of the program, where you see the key audience or recipient of that data, whether you do that for internal functional assessment, whether you do that to present back to the business, whether you use that to leverage a conversation with the management about how the program should be structured going forward, where where you see the value of effectiveness measurement, however, whatever elements we take as the baseline to be actually used in your program. Short answer to that would be all of the above, I think, <laughs> but for different reasons. Um, so I think one of the, one of the reasons why we do it is we spend a lot of time measuring what other people do and commenting on what other people in the business do well and don't do well. I think it's very important that we're um, open to the idea of doing that to ourselves and, and not um, looking like, even if it's not our intention, not looking to the business like we think we're above that, that everything we do must be excellent just because of the function that we're in. So I think it's important that we're seen to do it so that we can challenge ourselves to be better. But I think also having um, those KPIs to sort of say to the board, for example, this is how we can give you assurance that what we're doing is working because ultimately what we do, you know, the board has a, a massive interest in. And then also to management because you know, I think it also aligns or should align to where we go in the direction of our program. What, resource do, what resources do we need? Um, where might our priorities take us in the next 12 months? And therefore, you know, we should have that those KPIs and those data, that data to help us direct where we go in the future and get management buy-in. I think linked to that as well, I th- and probably touching on all of the, the, the points that we've mentioned, is that the, the measures or the metrics used um, may differ by audience type. So a general manager in a market, for example, may be interested in or more in how many of his team has actually turned up to training. And are the same people repeatedly not turning up to training or doing it late? Because that might be more of an indication of, of how much weight they place on policies. Um, and then from that, we can probably infer that they may not bother about other things within the organisation. So they might be interested in that, but that doesn't necessarily mean we've got a good programme, but that's still helpful for them. Um, so I, I would agree the board obviously want to know how well we're performing as a function. Um, your executive committee would probably want to know that. But then at the lower levels within the management chain, I think they'll they'll be more interested in those those more basic metrics um, that we spoke about. Um, and, and for us, we want to know how well are we doing? So we need to have metrics that assess that so that we know where to, to improve. And are we actually servicing the business well with, with the program that we currently have? Yeah, and there is a tension because you could argue if we do, and I've heard this argument, if we do our job well, then you may not f- see the results because you're not having the big investigations, you're not having uh, lots of issues crop up. So there is a tension to make sure you're able to demonstrate value, the value of the function to the board. And, and so you do have different audiences. There's your, in your audience, you know, you yourself need to know, is your program working so that you can set strategies, see where you may have problems. But there is that other audience where, you know, they, they own the budget potentially for you to have resources. And if you know you need resources, you need to be able to demonstrate the value that you bring. And that's where some of these very quantifiable metrics come in because they're easy to pull from different data sources to produce monthly reports to show trends over time even if you and your heart know that's not necessarily the thing that's informing the strategy it's just so that you can demonstrate the value you bring in a more quantifiable way and i think 
you know, and any external agency that might come in and review your program and look at what you're doing, if something's gone wrong, they're going to expect you to be aware of those things. So I don't think we can avoid doing them. They may not be the, the best metrics to measure how well your compliance program is working, but they're necessary and they're important to, to, to actually be measuring. So that's where I want to take a bit of a deep dive on that point, right? There are quite a few external benchmarks, whether it's a DOJ guideline, so how to measure effectiveness of a compliance program, whether it's expectations from the CFO around the UK Bribery Act, and that set out very specific thresholds or criteria how effective compliance program is deemed to be. So what's your take on leveraging those and and perhaps doing an external assessment with a consultant or a third party that can come and and help you look at your program relatively independently and say, well, this is where the gaps are, this is where you need to improve. Do you see the value in that? So so for me, and I'll jump in if I can here, because I think this ties into the maturity piece, is that if you look specifically at the DOJ guidance, which I, I think is the most detailed um, sort of guidance out there on how to build an effective compliance program. Essentially, it talks about continual improvement, and every one of the areas that they look at and it expects to see some mechanism to measure how well you're doing, and then to look at that from an improvement perspective. And 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 that's why I think maturity um, is is a good way to assess your program rather than purely effectiveness, because you you can have something that's developing. That's not a bad place to be. It just means that it's not perfect yet. You're not in a continual improvement phase. You're actually still building that part of the program. But when you roll it all up, as long as you're focusing on the key risk areas within your business, I don't think you'll be penalised for that. No, and, and I think you triggered an, a thought in my head then, Jim, as well, which is in, in aligned kind of with maturity and development, which is that metrics really should be looking at trends because at any data point in time, it doesn't tell you a great deal, but it, you know if you're measuring a trend, it can tell you where you're coming from and where you're going to. And I think often the important bit is that you're moving in the right direction, um, because to your to your point, companies are in different phases at all times. You know you might have a mature mature business in one area and not in another. So it would be unfair to expect them all to be at the same level. So I think you know having that recognition that that, that you're moving things in the right direction. Um, and you're measuring that that trend is is probably equally important than than as what you're measuring. But to your specific question, Andre, about um, you know, is it is there value in getting an external viewpoint on your program? I think absolutely, because it's always worth getting an objective, fresh pair of eyes looking at something when you're in there building the program, living it every day. You know, you you can become blind to this stuff. Now, it takes a bit of a thick skin, I think, to let somebody come in and critique all your hard work. Um, and, and I think there's also a bit of a caveat to that as well, which is if you've got a particular approach or vision in mind that doesn't necessarily align with, with where the consultant is coming from, um, then, then that can cause a little bit of upset. So I think choosing carefully who comes in and measures your program and, and making sure that they understand the basis on which you're, you're developing it um, is important, but I think getting that objective viewpoint is is always useful. I think timing is important there as well. Um, you, you almost want to plan for that to happen at a specific point in time, um, perhaps at a, at a phase where you're going to assess your program again um, to see whether or not you've hit the marks that you wanted to. Uh, you don't want to do it midway through because they're going to tell you something you probably already know, which means you need to improve on this area, this area, and you're aware of that. So it might not add as much value as to say, right, this is what we think we've done. Have we achieved that? 
think with external benchmarking as well, I, I found it useful in the past. Um, it can lead to an award. You know, you could then become some honorary or some awarded member if you meet a certain standard. You're unlikely to do that in the first year. You know, they will come in, they will provide advice and guidance on the effectiveness of your program. Don't sit on those results. You have to see it as more than just a one-off exercise if you're going to go down that route. And you have to plan for a multi-year approach so that you can improve your program to meet whatever external benchmark you're going after. And actually, I was cynical, but having gone through the process in the last few years with an external benchmarking group, I did actually find it quite useful, Uh, especially because while we're on a podcast and we often talk about best practices, that doesn't mean in real life you always have the time to do that. And sometimes it's a nice shock to the system to go actually I, I knew I should be doing those things you know we, we've maybe even spoken about some of these things on the podcast and it, it can prompt you to actually prioritize some of those things as well and if, we, and if we take it to the strategic level of agreeing how to measure the effectiveness right whether it's going to be the maturity scale or set of KPIs and whether you're going to do it quarterly or year by year at what level of the organization you would you would do that to make sure that it's aligned with business priorities and the, the reports that you deliver actually make sense and don't just point out obvious things? Well, actually, that touches on something I was just thinking about, which is you don't necessarily need to measure your entire program at the same time. So perhaps it's, it's you know, you know you've been through a period of, of looking at your program from, let's say, an anti-bribery perspective, and you think you know, our program's in a pretty good shape in relation to this risk area. Um, and it's been running for a little bit of time. So now we'll get somebody to look at it from that lens. And that's not necessarily the whole program from every other sort of risk area. It's they're coming in specifically to look at that or in a particular geographical area in relation to what the expectations are locally. Maybe you've got an, a new business that's been set up and, and that's just embedded, so you want to check how your program is functioning in that particular part of the business. So I, I don't think it's an all-or-nothing approach either. I think it's, it you know aligned to your point, Andre, about what the business objectives are and where the business is heading. You might decide to look at particular pillars of your program or, or areas of your program know on a, a rotating basis not necessarily an entire program overview in one go so just curious as we wrap up on this topic any other thoughts or comments as to how to make the measurement of your effective of your compliance program relevant to the organization and what to do with the data that you get uh, out of those uh, assessments or reports yeah i mean <clears throat> for me i think this is where right at the very start if you're going to measure your program you need to work out who key stakeholders are. So be that if you have a board with an audit and compliance committee, then those are probably going to be some important um, people involved. Uh, could be your CEO, could be general managers, whatever it might be. It's important to understand or to agree with them, this is what we're going to measure. This is how we're going to measure it. And then and, and get their confidence that that is a good way to determine whether or not your compliance program is running smoothly. Do that up front, otherwise you're going to waste a lot of time and effort on something that's relatively meaningless and doesn't add any value. I think it was perfect summary from my perspective because I think it's essential to make sure you get alignment with what your compliance program is about, right? Are you there to make sure it's an awareness and education focus and therefore you chase people 
training records and access to the policies and procedures and how they use their data, or whether your compliance program is focused on analytics and investigation management, and you therefore draw the data of how efficiently your compliance organization is tackling that risk, or whether it's a third-party focus. So all the things we're going to talk through the season more in a bit more detail. I appreciate your time today, guys, and uh, welcome to Untangled again. We'll see you next week. Thank you.